Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So you have to hook this up? Been at my current gig 15 years next year. I work in IT in the healthcare industry, which when I started brought me face to face with folks who, although skilled in all aspects of the human body, were still shown to be human when interacting with computers. Our IT department, 350 plus, has many who came from a clinical background into the IT side of our medical record system. My first year on the job, I got a call from one of our clinical IT users at a remote site. They were there temporarily and were using a temp desk. They said they couldn't get the dual monitors to work at the desk they were at. They had docked and undocked the laptop with no change. Explained I could come and have a look as I was on my way to that building that morning. We had quite a few docking stations fail, so I had spares on site should it be needed. I get there and located the user. She shows me that the docking and undocking the laptop doesn't have any effect. I asked if the desk was like this when she found it. She stated she got the docking station off a shelf at the back of the room. That was some shelves full of spares. There on the desk, next to the monitors, is the Dell docking station. No power brick, no monitor cables, no status lights. When I explained I would need to get cables and power and I'd be back in about 5 minutes, she said as serious as could be, So, you have to hook these up? (laughs) Don't worry, I said. I told her it'd be fixed once I got back. I couldn't bring myself to point out her mistake. It still makes me wonder how she could have thought that a docking station with no connections of any type and no power source could somehow put images on a PC monitor. This was 2008, and we were using Dell C640 laptops. Even at my worst times, I think I would have realized that I would have at least needed some sort of cable to connect one thing to the other. I mean, I've hooked up a secondary monitor before to a laptop with the VGA cables and, lately, HDMI. But, I mean, I know you need something to carry the signal. Um, Wireless is cool, but... Yeah, I don't really like wireless. It's too much lag. I don't even like the lag I get with some of this stuff, so. User struggles to work a DVD drive. I work for a state agency. We recently upgraded all of our desktop computers to tablets so that our staff can work remotely from home or from the field. The tablets don't have DVD drives, so I purposely retain an older machine to use in the office, specifically for the purpose of viewing case-related DVDs. We have a ticket system for requesting IT help. It's a really easy process, but certain users just hate to do it, which brings me to Sarah. Sarah's a thorn in my side. Very loud, unprofessional, and rude. Sarah is the type of person that will not put in the ticket and instead will just yell my name across the office when she sees me walking by to help somebody else. Every time she does that, I tell her to put in a ticket, and her request will be answered as soon as I can. On this particular day, Sarah flagged me down in the office and came over to me. She said she had a CD she needed to view and didn't know how. I explained where the old computer was and told her to try it out and if she had trouble to submit a ticket. I don't hear a word from her all day. Then at exactly 5 on the dot, my cell phone rings. I was working from home for the last couple hours of the day and my workday ends at 5. 
I should have ignored it, but I felt like being nice and made the mistake of answering. The call basically goes like this. I simplified it some. Me, IT support, John speaking. Sarah, in loud accusatory tone. I'm at the computer now and there's no CD drive. I explain exactly how to get to the machine again, going step by step with her two or three times and get to the point where I know she's at the right machine. Me, ma'am, I know there's a CD drive in that computer. I set it up myself for that exact purpose and have used it recently. Sarah, no, there's no CD drive. Keep in mind, this old model PC is the same model she used for almost a decade at this office in her cubicle and she has definitely used the CD drive on it many times. Me, I know it's there. You have to look on the front of the computer for a rectangular unit. There will be a small button next to it. When you press the button, the drive opens up. Sarah. I pressed all the buttons and nothing happens. I keep pressing, but it's not responding. I paused for a minute, completely stumped by why it's suddenly not working. Then, Eureka. Me. Wait, the computer's turned on, right? Sarah. You have to turn it on first? I just sat there silent, in total disbelief for at least 15 seconds. Like, has this lady ever used a computer before? Me. Yes, of course. Sarah. Oh. Me. Well, it's after hours now, so I have to go. If you have trouble with it, put a ticket in and I'll get back to you. I hung up, turned off the phone, and just burst out laughing. Yes, people like this do exist. She swore up and down that there was no drive in the computer, and I think was just aimlessly pressing all the buttons repeatedly and wondering why nothing was happening. Good grief. Not only did this lady evidently use that same exact type of computer for almost 10 years, but she refuses to listen to directions, or follow them, and she refuses to put in a ticket. So, I wouldn't have helped her. Maybe I would have answered the call just to be polite, but say, sorry, it's after hours, and you know you got to put a ticket in, so can't help you. Lessons Learned A couple years ago, I got a ticket for someone's Mac laptop not booting. I run through standard troubleshooting to try and bring it up, but nothing works, so I'm pretty sure the hard drive is shot. At this time, the process is to have our Mac vendor evaluate it and fix it, to get an estimate of cost versus just replacing it. We didn't have a lot of stock at this time, or so I thought. This process has changed now, though, since there's a $50 evaluation fee for all non-warranty work. I get the user a loaner and get the laptop to our vendor. They determine the hard drive is indeed shot, and the user wanted data recovery since he didn't have a backup. Management agreed to the vendor's fee, but they weren't able to salvage anything and would have to turn it over to professionals. I went back and forth with management trying to get a clear answer as to whether or not we should even offer that option to them, because it would have to be their department paying. Finally, we settled on, we keep the hard drive and if they ask about their options, tell them. The repair is almost $1,000, but we pay and get the machine back. Yes, we typically pay for these repairs as it's included with our budget. I have to set it up like a new machine for the user and get him going. A week later, the user calls me and leaves a voicemail stating, My dog knocked over a soda onto my laptop and now it won't turn on. I don't call him back right away. I let management know what's going on. And they pull a new machine from stock because this would have been almost another $1,000 repair in addition to what we just paid for. I let him know I'm working on a new machine, but don't know if I can get another loaner to him that quickly. This was during our hybrid remote period, so I wasn't there every day and was just juggling other replacements for people actually in line for a new machine. I think at one point he left a voicemail complaining about having to run a Zoom class from his phone. Once I get it imaged, I set up another time with him and repeat the process over again. He apologizes profusely and says this has never happened to him before. Eventually, he calls me asking for help setting up his time machine. Turns out he did have a backup of his data, even if they were older copies of stuff it was better than starting over from scratch. 
Since then, we've been more apprehensive about just paying to repair machines out of warranty and evaluating it on a case-by-case -case basis. We had a few more laptops with a similar issue that we did get evaluated, but ended up just replacing due to cost. Three of them, the vendor said there was water damage found, but each user denied knowing anything. One said it could have happened while he was away on lunch, working from home. Turns out we had enough in stock to cover those issues, as well as new users who wanted Macs and users who wanted to switch to Mac. I know it sucks taking ownership of your mistakes, but so many people <laughs> just want to make up lies and stories and, I don't know how that happened. Oh, my dog did it. I mean, come on, man. Like, you know it's a work machine. You know it's expensive. Somebody else is paying for it. Of course, it doesn't sound like management was any help here, you know, throwing a thousand dollars at something that probably wasn't worth it. And, uh, yeah. What are you going to do? Let's not assume I know everything about your customer history. Posting for mobile. Sorry for formatting issues. Me. Thank you for calling. Blah, blah, blah. Customer. I want to test an interface change. I'm going to be doing that in our development environment. Me. Sounds good. Customer. Looking at the dev and production environments, I noticed they're on different versions. Production is on 20.2.277, but dev is on 20.2.227. Me. So an incremental difference. Customer. Yeah. Me. So what's the issue that you're reporting? Customer. Sounding agitated. What's the issue? Me. I'm sorry, but yes. What's the issue? There's nothing inherently wrong with the different versions in different environments. Customer. Well, we pay good money to you guys for the upgrade from version 12. My company did a jump like Windows 3 to Windows 95, so 12 to 20. What? 12 out? What? I don't know. Me. Oh, so we did your upgrade for you. Our customers often do their own upgrades, so assuming we did it for them wasn't a solid conclusion to jump to. And you're wondering why dev and production are different? Customer. Yeah. Me. You might have wanted to leave with all that. Okay, well I'd need to ask the install team why there's a difference. Long story short. Dev was upgraded in February. After testing was done, the OK was given for production to be updated in April. In that time, an incremental release had gone out, so that's what was installed in production. The changes in the incremental release apparently weren't significant enough to have required further testing in their environment. So I gotta be honest, most of this is Greek to me. I understand, you know, different versions, releases, upgrades, updates, all that, but uh, I don't know what that would have to do in this thing. I mean, if it works, it works. Uh, yeah. I don't know why you're telling me this. Mom, the pink tablet is at zero. Me, huh? Mom, it's dead, no charge. Me, I don't know what you're talking about or what you expect me to do. Mom, there's no charger. With these confusing text messages sent apropos of nothing, I call my mom. Me, family IT, this is John. Can I get your name and callback number, please? <laughs> mom. What? You called me. Me. Yeah, but I don't know what the hell you've been texting me, so here we are. This is where she realizes she texted me instead of my sister. My sister and her husband is at my nephew's t-ball game. But my niece was hanging out with my mom because it's hot as F outside. My sister sent a kiddo tablet along, but the battery died almost right away. And my mom was trying to let my sister know. Me. Can you look at the charging port? There's like a 60% chance to use the same charger as your tablet or cell phone. A little time passes. Mom. Oh, look at that. It's charging now. Me. If there's nothing else, would you like your ticket number? Family ID support. That's funny. Yeah, there's so many accessories. You know, so many adults have laptops, cell phones, tablets, whatever. And then kids. Kids have, you know, 
tablets and maybe a laptop or Chromebook or something. I mean, the good news is if you have something Android in a phone or tablet and you have a Chromebook, a lot of times those chargers will interchange a little, a very little. Got to be careful with the Chromebooks charging off a cell phone charger and vice versa because you can burn stuff up. But that's another story. Jamming the freshly unjammed printer. Happy Saturday. I work at a bank and therefore we have to keep the help desk lights on on Saturday mornings. Usually Saturdays are pretty quiet with only an account unlock or two if that. This morning I received a ticket for one of the big MFPs jamming repeatedly at our main office. This particular printer is primarily used by one department, but ultimately gets used by about half the office. I decided to take a peek before firing off a ticket to the print vendor just in case it was anything obvious. I ran down and quickly spotted that the issue appeared to only affect tray 4, so I emptied the paper from tray 4 and informed the manager of the department that primarily used it and anyone in earshot not to fill tray 4, but otherwise to use it normally. I returned to my desk to properly notify the office and try to disable the tray and software, but not two minutes later I'm informed it's jammed again. I head back down and immediately see that someone had spotted an empty paper tray and very helpfully refilled it and the printer had dutifully used the now full tray and jammed itself again. Now that tray has a sticky note that will probably fall off by Monday saying not to fill that tray. An email has been sent to everyone at the office saying to leave that tray empty and that tray has been disabled from being auto-selected for printing and copying. I suspect I'll still have to unjam it at least one more time before the print vendor sorts out the feed issues with that tray. Update. Our print vendor got tray 4 sorted out before 9am this morning, Monday. So I didn't end up having to empty it a third time. I did, however, have to tell someone that it is safe to fill tray 4 on a different MFP. Most people won't listen or pay attention, and they'll go ahead because they're just on automatic pilot, and they will just keep filling that tray that they're used to filling. Um, people who have never filled trays will suddenly start filling trays. People who always fill trays but are a little paranoid won't fill tray 4 on any machine. It's, yeah, it's just wonderful. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.